let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good evening, boys and girls. We are back for Thursday Night Babble. Phil here, obviously, and join my cousin Mud. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Phil. How are you, sir? I'm um, I'm great. I'm chugging down a pint of Guinness here, so yeah. We, we don't worry. We, we will get to the Guinness at the end. You didn't want to start the night show with an apology to me, no? You didn't want to. You didn't want to open up with an apology for your behaviour and the part you played on Monday night's podcast, no? I don't think I have to apologise for anything. You're apologising to absolutely no one's up. You're saying I apologise to very. Very few people. <laughs> you don't even apologize when you're caught in video being wrong, so I probably should have expected that. Um, yes, Monday night's uh, podcast. I, I must say, lads, the three of you is an absolutely unbelievable podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I giggled. Some of it was really serious and really good. Steve was excellent on, on Ronaldo. What would you expect? Um, and mm. then, obviously, the Liverpool stuff, all of it was wrong um but we'll we'll we'll, we'll I'll touch well, hang on, on, it, hang on I'll touch on it briefly I'll touch wasn't on it all wrong but it wasn't all wrong I mean um, can, can we just address that you almost didn't make it here tonight and yes we were having to make a late fantasy transfer we really did we yeah we're going to bring in either the very experienced veteran and Steve who knows how to say out a podcast or we're going to hoof big Brent up front and god knows what would have happened I know. Patrick, Patrick's currently um, serving a three-match ban, so he couldn't yeah. perform it anyway. So. Uh, he's overseas. Um, so, yes, I almost didn't make it, folks, because I was going to say I, I don't have a cough, but I, I just coughed there now. Um, I, I have a bit of an aisle cold. Me and, me and little Finbo, unfortunately, have a bit of cold. Before anyone says anything, we have been COVID-tested and all that there, jazz, and everything's grand. We just have the cold because COVID didn't just kill off everything. All the other uh, illnesses you can get, you can still get colds and flus and stop panic. Thank you very much. Plus, I'm double jabbed up the vaccines. Um, so what was I going to say? Yes, Monday night, brilliant pause. I said the Liverpool stuff. Now, yous, yous were at it to get a reaction out of me. Paddy doesn't react because Paddy just tries to get a reaction out of me on all stuff anyway. So he doesn't react. He knew I would react. Um, some, some, some was I took it all on board. It's all, uh, it's all very sensible stuff but obviously i don't agree with it because i'm the way i am mm-hmm. the one thing i will touch on um you were talking about not having the squad depth okay mm-hmm. um, and i mentioned this to brenton uh privately because we were sending funny photos of finn and then I mentioned to him, you were mentioned about Liverpool's squad depth but i would argue this squad is better than the squad that won the champions league and the league so my t- my argument would be, and I want the listeners who are listening to this to maybe get involved too. Liverpool have got rid of that team that won the league. All right, Genie Wijnaldum, God bless him. I'm, I'm about to cry thinking of him. He's gone. So was Dejan Lovren. 
No, no real miss to be honest. And so well, is Sha- and so is Shakiri. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's three. We've brought in Thiago Alcantara, Costas Temescas, um, Diogo Jada, and Ibrahim Konate. I would argue the squad's stronger now. That would be my uh, argument to that. That would be my on, on what it on was. On paper, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, personally, I won't have this discussion with you because I don't really have an opinion on Thiago, but I know Steve does, and Steve probably doesn't think Thiago has performed to the level that maybe we would have expected in Liverpool shirts. However, but when you're know. when you're when you're watching someone else's team, you see it differently than what they see it. Of course, like Do you I, know what I, mean? I don't know if I even mentioned this on Monday, but the point was made that Liverpool fans see some of their players as bad as what they are, and I think every fan does that. Every fan, every football club yeah. does that. No, I, I think Emil Smith Rowe and fucking Nuno Travares and all them boys are the next big thing. Like, but you know, you might think differently, and Steve might think differently, and Brenton and so on and so forth yeah. about those players. You know, it's it's yeah. just how we just love and adore yeah. our own players. You know, it's it's just how it is, and it's how it should be. You know, one thing I will say as well, like uh, the Thiago point gets labelled a lot. That's because people thought he was going to rip it up, but he actually didn't rip it up. I think people have a perception of what he did in Germany and it's a bit different than what he actually did even though he was unbelievable for Bayern Munich. People see it as a different way. Do you know, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People have a view of how like he was maybe brilliant in a different way than actually how, how good he actually was. But anyway, uh, Jada has been a success. Ibrahim Kanade looks very good and Kostas Timskast started the season really, really well. He took him a year to get in and, and we now have two um, rela- we have two reliable left-backs that you can put in place. We have Jada, who's gone into the front four, and we have, another, we have, we have four fit centre-back and Canadian centre-half, whatever. Right? And one other thing is, they're talking about squad depth, which is fair enough. Divac Origi gets a ton of abuse. And I don't I don't like it. I don't give it myself. But he gets a ton of abuse. I'm not just talking about other teams' fans. I'm talking about our Liverpool's own fan base. Mm-hmm. He gets an absolute ton of abuse. People expect of him to score 20, 30 goals, which is daft. That's not what he does. But Divac Origi has scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. He led the team to beat Barcelona 4-0, scoring two goals and the winning goal. That same week, he scored the winning goal in the league game against Newcastle. That took us to the final day of the season when we lost the league by, was it a point to Man City? That same season, he scored the winning goal in the 90-something minute against Everton. It kept us going. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave Akarig is our fifth choice. Anthony Martial has more talent. Obviously, he's, he's, you, you, you couldn't argue Anthony Martial has all the talents in the world to be a brilliant footballer. There's no argument there. Timo Werner probably is more talented. Um, and then City have, say, um, Gabriel it Jesus. Is. Yes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But out of those four, who scored winning goals in Champions League finals? And who scored winning goals and led the team to beat Barcelona? Who's come off the bench to score big winning goals in derbies? The one I can think of is Martial that um, is still Martin Tyler's ringtone. When he scored against hey, Liverpool yeah. in yeah. 2016, that's the one Martial did. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not having to go at you. I'm talking about people in general. Slate the uh-huh. He comes on the other night against uh, Norwich. That was the League Cup game. There was there was like 11 changes, thinking both teams or 10 changes in both teams or whatever. He comes on. He does the job. He scores two goals. That's all I expect of him. If he can chip in with six or seven goals this year, like he did that year that we went on to win the Champions League and and the year after and scored some important goals. 
And that's what that's his job is there for. So I that's the way I would look at Origi and and people talk about the squad depth. Um, the African Cup of Nations is not ideal. They're only missed those lads are only missing two games. Mendy will be missing for Chelsea too. There are other things to come into it. So I just I'm not talking about you in general. I know in general we have a jest and it's always good crack when one of us isn't on the podcast because you can rip the whole out of their team. I love it. Don't work. Don't you get it wrong. The next time Brenton or Steve aren't on the podcast, we're going to town, sir. Don't don't you worry about it. But I don't think we need to slag man yet because Steve does that already. <laughs> he does it himself. But um, not even talk about you. I'm just talking in general. People have yeah, been no, no, we right now pull off, and I fifth like they've been doing very well this season. They have a tough game Saturday against Brentford. I just wouldn't write them off. I also know a Babel member that thinks they'll win the Champions League, but I'll let him disclose himself or whatever uh, on a next on a next podcast if he wants to. But uh, so. Yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed the podcast. The lads, I thought it was brilliant. Um, but he's won't be doing it again without me. No chance. Um, Jonathan, <laughs> to move on, since our blog's been on, you've been on beaten. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have. Um, so he's he's gonna have to come back on. He obviously will have to come back. I think he wants to come back on anyway. So it's I. I think it's it not is. really uh, up for discussion. No. Um, yeah, yeah, we were on beaten. Um, the League Cup. Talk to me. I have well, a theory, right? I, I have a thing in my head this year that I'm going to take the cup serious, okay? I'm going to take all of them serious until Liverpool go out of them and then I don't like Even them. the FA Cup? Yeah, until Liverpool go out of them and then I don't want to take them serious at all. That's what, I'm going to be that fickle. I'm going to be that childish. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to take these cups serious. Are you taking the league cup serious? don't think I ever really do. And... The reason for that is because I always have seen it as a competition that we've used to give young players a game. I think you were the first to do it, weren't you? To do the real go big. I think, wasn't it Mark Randall that plays for Lauren now? He played against Blackburn one night. He's had yeah. like four 16-year-olds or something involved and he's went really, really young. Yeah, Wenger, Wenger did used to put out all the youngsters in the League Cup. Um, even when we played Chelsea in the, what year was it? It's 2007, League Cup final. Um, he put out quite a young squad. Now there was a couple of senior players, but um, obviously at that stage, I was kind of off for freak's sake. That was the Walcott's first goal for Arsenal. Funny enough, was in that game. Um, but yeah, we, we we have done that in the past, played the youngsters. But I was a bit surprised with the team selection last night. He played Thomas Pardew, and personally, I wouldn't. I would have rested him just in case he got injured for the Tottenham game of the weekend, which is more important. But we we got another win. Three goals, clean sheet, you know, move on. I, I listened to the game last night on the radio because it was the first time, apparently, that a game at the Emirates hasn't been broadcast live you know, somewhere in the world, which is a bit crazy when you think about it. The Emirates has been around since 2006, and that's the first game since it's been opened. But there hasn't been a stream anywhere to watch the game. Uh, so I couldn't watch it illegally. <laughs> What's a nice, nice for Arsenal to get a win. Smith Road to score. Um, I don't know if you've seen Eddie and Kedia's goal, but I mean, it was lovely. Lovely wee flick. Uh, worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Lovely, but, lovely yeah. goal. Yeah, lovely goal. Unbeaten. Big game at the weekends. Um, but we'll, we'll chat about that on, on Monday nights. Uh, hopefully when we win. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Does you, what, 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 what would be your reaction if Shaka came straight back into the team at the weekend? Mm, there's been a lot of chat about that online. Um, I saw that. 
Personally, I wouldn't be pleased. Um, I think you haven't someone, missed him. Yeah, well, someone made the comparison if Nuno Tavares came in for three or four games when Kiertini was injured and played extremely well, and he thought he played extremely well last night. He actually got man of the match. Yeah. You wouldn't expect Tierney just to walk back into the team when Travares has played out of the skin. You know, that that's the whole point of having players there for competition to, you know, like if it's been it's been too long that certain players at Arsenal just haven't been challenged for their position. And Shaka personally, I don't even even if he was available, like fit and available that these last couple of games, I wouldn't want him involved in Sunday. He's too much of a hothead and you know, this game's gonna be hot and spicy sir so it's not the type of game i think i want granite jack involved in but you know i think i think he will play i think he'll start i wouldn't be surprised if arteta started him because he's a big fan of him anyway but i, I really just want us to hoof the shit out of them and win about five now that would, that would just be nice <laughs> that would be nice it would carry on um, Arsenal's fine form of late. Uh, the league, yeah, the league, the league cup was on. It, it was. I actually, I, I did enjoy it. You always enjoy it when your team wins. Um, yeah. But I also, I enjoy, I enjoyed the league cup for Liverpool this this week because obviously Origi scored, Takimina Mino scored twice, uh, Connor Bradley from Castle Derg played it right back and was superb. Oh. Like he wasn't phased, which is brilliant. Um, Kate Gordon's only sixteen played up front again, didn't look phased. Uh, Morgan T- uh, Taylor came on, brilliant in midfield, short up the midfield. It's it's sort of, it was nice just to see, uh, youngsters play and play quite well. And the league cup's weird too because, pardon me, you genuinely like if Liverpool get beat on Tuesday night, you genuinely don't get annoyed, mm-hmm. and especially not in the early stages when it is a youth side or a younger side playing or fringe player that you maybe haven't seen for a wee while. Pardon me, playing because you're like here they are. They're out there playing for the Reds. Like Liverpool played Arsenal last year. Was it last year or the year before? And it finished five four. Yeah. Remember, uh, and you're yeah. just like, this is class game. Like it's brilliant. Nico Williams played really well. Curtis Jones played well. Um, Joe Willock scored a screamer for Arsenal. So it's it's kind of I I do I do, I am more I'm bigger fan of the League Cup than I would be the FA Cup. I think it's part of the fact that's on midweek. Um, mm. And it's like a nostalgia thing for me. I remember Liverpool the year they won it, two thousand and one. I think they beat Bolton uh, in the quarterfinal at Anfield. I think Danny Danny Murphy possibly scored a screamer. Um, so the won the the fair travel, the, the, the cup travel, yeah. yeah. And um, I I just really enjoyed sitting up, sitting up with Dad and watching. So there's, there's that kind of element to it. Um, yeah. I actually heard yeah. something very interesting about the League Cup tonight. Yes. Um, Apparently, the League Cup makes up 40% of the lower league's TV revenue. So it's actually very important for teams in League 1, League 2 and uh, to be involved in this competition, especially to play the bigger teams. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the draw for the next round. It's, it's mainly Championship Premier League teams. You've got Preston. Preston, yeah. Um, probably the draw of the round. Just in teams and form would probably West Ham Man City. I actually think that to draw the rounds Arsenal leads. And I yeah. think both teams should be made to wear nineteen uh, seventies kits. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um I think pardon me, on um sorry folks, just coughing your ear there in a podcast. On on um on to on form definitely West Ham against Man City looks class and I think it's it's is it at West Ham? It's at West Ham, yeah. Um, 
But for me, the tie of the round, when I looked at it, when I heard last night in the radio, it was uh, Arsenal-Leeds. I was buzzing because that just looks like a proper cup tie. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that goes and see and see, and see what... What what Arteta does, what Bielsa does, our leads in the position now where they maybe think about, okay, we, pardon me, we should be okay. Should we go for one of the cups? What do you think? I, th- I think we should be going for one of the cups. Never mind Leeds. Um, I'll be a tough game. Leeds will bring a big support because obviously for the cup games they get more away fans in the ground. Yeah. So they get the whole lower clock end. I think. So yeah, they'll bring a massive support. It should, it should be a good game. Was that the this. game Henri made his second return? That's the one. That's who he scored in against. The, in the FA Cup. In the FA Cup, yeah. Monday night on BBC. Some some moment it was class. Some finish. Yeah, it just brought it rolled back the years. You know what? I, I, people talk about the goal, but the the pass from Alex Song for that goal was freaking class as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it, I get what you mean. Midweek games under the lights, you know, it's that sort of autumn feel. The nights are starting to get colder. And autumn feels. Palmatine yeah, song. The oh, oh, Palmatine, what a man. Oh, Sarah, what a boy. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of the proper like football weather. You know, you, you know these playing yourself, you know, park football, uh, cold Saturdays like this kind of oh, gives that sort of feel of it. Should, should be. Like I really, I really hope West Ham beat Man City. And it's just, it's not because you know, <laughs> but it's not because I hate Man City. I'm kind of just sick of seeing Man City in the final. Have yeah. not been in the final the last, I don't know, many years. It's just, it's a bit boring. Yeah. I mean, Plus, they're nice from Moisey too. Uh, yeah, he'd he'd love it, wouldn't he? I don't want to like personally. I'd rather just Leicester and the Brighton games get blown up and the other two of them teams get through. But well, I mean, if I, if I had to pick one of them, I'd just say Leicester because fuck Brighton to be quite honest. You see, that's that's the that's our that's the hateful derby for us. I, I like Brighton, don't mind them, but I up despise Leicester. You despise Brighton and, and don't mind Leicester, so that, that that's a weird one for us. Hmm. Maybe um, we should head drink Guinness and watch that one instead. We, we should maybe do that instead, <laughs> um, and and we'll do a, a live reaction pod for that one. Um, on on the um on the League Cup, uh, there's a thing you noted on Monday. At a press conference that you weren't a big fan of, sir. Yeah, I, you weren't I a big fan of, and he's done it. He's been doing it for a wee while now. Club hands over the reins of cup press conferences to uh, system manager Pep Lind- Linders. Mm-hmm. And you're not a big fan of that. No, uh, to me, it's it's like personally for my job, it's like me ignoring. I'm doing a part of my job because I feel like it's below me. And in a way, I kind of feel like Klopp feels like the League Cup is below. And I totally get the whole, the League Cup is not really glamorous and whatever. But I just feel like it's part of your job. Just kind of go and do it. Yeah. I, he obviously has his reasons and you obviously know the reasons. You said he's been doing it for a while. I just, I just noticed it this week. Uh, I think it was one of the Liverpool Twitter pages put up. About the system manager saying some Firmino's injured, I can't remember what it was, I mean, but but that's that's how I kind of just taken taken notice of it. I, I I don't I don't know, like I don't have an insight of, of what's going on, but just between reading between the lines and sort of stuff that's come out before about why it's happening, um, I, it's it, I can see why it comes across 
as arrogant and it looks and making it look as if the league cups below you. I totally get that. But I think it's a case of him giving Pep Linders more responsibility to do stuff like that. Because I I have an inkling, I have a feeling that Pep Linders might be the next man in charge at Liverpool. Really? And I think this is yeah, and I think this is part of the part of the easing in period. He takes a lot of he takes a lot of the training sessions. He actually during the cup games he's he's very much in charge. Uh, what's been what's come out before and what's been said by certain few journalists that he's he takes over the tactics, he takes over what's been going on and he sort of leads the team so, so to speak. Klopp's obviously there has to be there in capacity and, and he's there unfortunately shouting and roaring because I don't think he can help himself. But mm-hmm. Peplin and even it was it was noticeable as well, there there has been more responsibility, I think, given to Peplinders. On Saturday, James Milner, the greatest free transfer of all time and better than any Manchester free transfer I ever had, and I don't <laughs> care what Steve says. Um he um but not the better right back than Trent Alexander Arnold Stephen, and we will address that on Monday night. He was saying um that on Saturday obviously Trent got Zahaitis, I think Milner called it. And he got ill, and then it was Pep Linders pulled him aside and went through the full tactical breakdown of where he needs to be, what he needs to do, what they want from it right back. Do you know what I mean? And he's very, very, very heavily involved, and I do, I do think that'll be if Klopp moves in the next two or three years' time, which is sort of what has been hinted at, twenty twenty four. I think it'll be Pep Linders that'll move in a bit like um, Paisley and Shankly. I think it'll be Pep Linders that'll move in the next position and he'll be Liverpool first team coach rather than what I think people think romantically might be Steven Gerrard I don't think it'll be don't think Gerrard will come straight from Rangers to Liverpool Um, so that's that. that's that's why I think that happens but I do get it I do get why it might look um, disrespectful and arrogant but I don't think I don't think Klopp means it that way I, he might but I, I don't I don't think so but yeah that, that would be I, my view on it sir I really thought suppose the romantic in me as well thought it would have been Stephen Gerrard um, he's, he's doing a very good job up in Scotland with, with Rangers yeah he, I seems think seems like he's, he's preparing himself for for that job he's, doing a, he's doing a great job he's doing a great job I do think he will be Liverpool manager someday there's no rush on him to be Liverpool manager in the next two or three years though there's no panic like Pep Linders could be there Klopp could stay for four or five years and then Gerard might be able to come in. For me, not to go up Brendan Rodgers there. Sorry. Yeah. I think... think yeah. Going to Chelsea, and maybe, maybe Frank went to Chelsea a wee bit too early. Well, he did. Like, he, the, the evidence is there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Frank Lampard... Frank Lampard would be a good international coach for England. Frank Lampard would be a very good, I think, with England. But... Uh, at, at, at the stage he's at now in his life, sorry, at the, at the stage he's at now in his man's real career, but he, he wasn't ready for the Chelsea job. And like Thomas Tuchel is 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 what the best coach in the world at the minute, certainly one of them. I mean, like he's European champion. Some of the, the moves he's making, some of the tactical moves he's making at the minute, he's just up and up and up in his game. He's, he, he is, without a doubt, with, even if he hadn't have won the European Cup Champions League last year, he is. there's him, Pep, and Klopp now at the three top managers in that league. And then there's a gap. Um, and Considerable gap. Fr- Frank was never going to get there. He just was showing signs of 
maybe just wasn't ready yet, or he might not never he might never he might never get to that the top table. But that, I think as an international manager, Lampard be good. And I think maybe Gerard. I don't know if he looks at Frank Lampard and think, oh, because Rangers are still a sizable club. But for me, and Gerard, it would be if he had. I don't mean win a European trophy at, at with Rangers. I'm not I'm not silly like. But if he had considerable success, repeated success, like another good run, like he did last year, and maybe went one stage further into like the quarterfinals, and then or into the semi-finals, and then a Champions League run, and got them through the knockout stages and quarterfinal, you know, with that Rangers side, then I'd be thinking, there's definitely something here. There still is something there, but he's he's nowhere near ready to come into the Premier League. I don't think yet, Gerard. But yeah, he's doing very well at Rangers. Um, and like he'll put Celtic will have their work cut out to try and get that title back to after this season, as as we're seeing. Um, on as well. I wanted to talk about the weekend, but first of all, I want to get your opinion on this. Well, it's going to be you giving it the most actually. Fear or Kante was uh, I don't even know where this debate came from. Um, it was a. I know who he is. I can't remember his name. Branton probably could tell you straight away. Um, put up some statistics to compare Conte and Vera. Yeah. And I think it was actually you tagging me and Branton ended on Twitter. And I just, it's just when I seen it straight away and I seen the guy who it was, I'm like, it's just such a stupid comparison because they're not the same player. And they didn't play the same role in the team. Patrick Vieira was box to box. Kante is just complete. Like Kante is world class. I'm not debating it. And I wouldn't even want to. That's why I put it through as Vieira and Kante. I wouldn't put it through as Vieira v Kante because I don't think there's really comparisons to make between the two. You know, their size for starts. You know, one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, no, I just, I just thought, I just seen it. I was like, this is just someone trying to make themselves, you know. Well, well, they've ended up on the Thursday night babble, so it's worked for them. Well, yeah, but, like, when, when I seen it, I just thought, right, we'll, we'll chat about it because I just think it's stupid. Like, Patrick Vieira was great captain, great leader. Um, I mean, some of the, if you watch some of the videos of Patrick Vieira, you know, maybe people that didn't really watch him back in his prime, he was just, he was different class. And I feel at the moment, and it's not just with your or Kante, you know, with the current players, a lot of people now are getting completely, like, they forget how good oh, some of these players were. And they're Paddy just so... Vieira, and I've said this so many times, Paddy Vieira was at the top table in the Premier League of midfielders when Roy Keane, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard were all there. Yeah. He, he was, and pardon me, for a couple of seasons, he was the big dog. He was the main man in midfield. All you need to do is watch the game in 2002, the game at Old Trafford where Arsenal won the league. Patrick Vieira ran that midfield on his own. I mean, you only, there's, I think there's like, I think it's like five minute highlight reel of that game, just of Patrick Vieira. The man bossed the midfield, bossed it. And that's just one guy on his own. You know, the man was incredible. And I just think it's so stupid for people to, you know, make a mockery of players that played 20 years ago. I suppose it's the same when we were growing up and our dads and stuff were talking about players in the 70s and the 80s and whatever. And we were like, I whatever. Like, my dad still talks about George Best and how George Best my, is the my greatest dad, player ever. 
My dad would tell you that Graeme Souness was Liverpool's greatest midfielder. Uh, he'd tell you, he'd say, like, uh, Stephen Gerrard, obviously, <coughs> different as well, but he would tell you Souness. Now, Souness gets a bad rap at the minute, but mm-hmm. as a footballer, he would tell you Souness was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think if you look at what Souness won at Liverpool, now, I don't like him as a pundit, and I just think he's a sorry yeah. bastard. <laughs> But you can't you can't argue what the guy won for Liverpool. It's, oh, I mean it's, it's just stupid. And we'll we'll probably get it in thirty years' time. There'll be some player this long, and people will be like, "Oh, well, he's the best midfielder to ever grace the fucking game." Like, Aye, Finn and his mates will be doing Finn and, and um, all your nephews will be doing the the babble, and they'll be talking dung about midfielders, and and we'll be able to email in and say, "Listen, that's you you ha- you don't know where you're living." They'll they'll have us on and we will literally be like Abe Simpson there to the Simpsons. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time? Yeah, exactly. So your answer is Paddy Vieira. My answer is, I think it's stupid to compare the two because I love Vieira. If you're picking, and... I know, I know, I know, I know. But if you'd pick one right now, if I pick one right now, I pick Vieira because I think Vieira yeah. can do more than what so Conte can do. But so like. I would I re- I like Ngolo Kante. I think he's a really oh, likable guy, and he's really down to earth, and he drives a fucking mini. Like so, I mean... <laughs> he's so Brenton's always laughing at his social media posts because he's just funny and cute. Like, um, but yeah, it, it it was wild. And anyway, the answer is um, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, so Brenton has asked us to talk about potential top goal scorers and any mm-hmm. outside hopefuls. This season, so, th- you know what? This podcast is too football orientated for me, but we'll, we'll go on with it. Um, uh, but we'll finish off. We'll do some madness. So, potential top goal scorers and any hopefuls mm-hmm. from outside. Um, uh, well, I suppose maybe there's the obvious three. You know, Scott, Lukaku, and Steve's favorite, Cristiano Ronaldo. You had lump Harry Kane in there as well, I think. Well, go on. Well, off historically, yes, you would. But I think from the start of the season, he hasn't scored yet. Um, of course, he'll hit form this weekend. He'll be banging a hat trick against us. Cause he <laughs> well, he did He did score his first goal in, in English football this season. Uh, timely enough on Wednesday night. And I thought to myself, just in time for the North London Derby. Of course, Fucker all scores against us. He always scores against us. No doubt he'll score at the weekend. But it's all right because um, a is going to bang on a few. And then not do a press conference afterwards because that's just a Uh Yeah, okay, fair enough. We'll throw in Hurricane. Those four are probably the favourites. Yeah. Uh, outside chance. I mean, Danny Ings has had a good start to the season. But whether or not he can keep up that sort of goals going form, I doubt it. Uh, I really would have thought Mason Greenwood was in for a good season as well. Not to say that that he won't. But bringing Ronaldo in, I feel, has going to limit his opportunities and maybe he won't get as many goals as well he could. Yeah. G- Jamie Vardy, you know, obvious. You know, he scores goals. Whether he'll win the Golden Boot or not, I'm not sure. Aubameyang just hasn't been in the sort of goals going for to win a Golden Boot. So I'd rule him out. What do you think about Calvert-Lewin at Everton? 
Well, he's injured. I don't know how long it's going to be out for, but can I throw a mad one in? If that's go. okay. Go. So, during the week, The Athletic had um, a brilliant podcast on Brentford. And I'd highly recommend anyone who listens to it um, about the Brentford setup and how, you know, they change their academy and they go with the B team now and, and how they do things at Brentford. It's really, really interesting. Brentford intrigues me and we will touch on them on this podcast. We'll try and get someone on from Brentford Media to chat to us about it. Um, Ivan Tony, mm-hmm. uh, obviously up front for Brentford. A, a teammate of his called him Drogba after Saturday when he tortured... Um, Wolves, and he was asked by the, the athletic correspondents, whose name's just gone in my head, on Brentford, <clears throat> do you set yourself any goals this season? And he says, I do, but I never revealed them, and they were talking away. And, and he says, this, well, Bamford got 14 last year, and uh, there's another striker that came up. Ollie Watkins had come Henry from... Eagles? Yeah, and he says, oh, Ollie Watkins right. had got 13. Now, I think he got seven of those against Liverpool in that game where they thumped a seven team. Remember that night? Mm-hmm. Um, he got 13. And he says back to Tony, what do you make of those stats? And would you be happy with that? And he said, no, much higher. And I okay. would just wonder, Ivan Tony looks an absolute handful. I cannot wait, and this might backfire me, cannot wait to see him against Virgil van Dijk on Saturday because he looks like a nuisance. He is so powerful. He's quick. His football brain is underrated. He, and I've only watched him a couple of games, so I'm I'm begging him up here and I've only seen him a couple of games. He just looks perfectly made for the Premier League. He drops deep, but he doesn't drop deep just to mess about. When he drops deep, Brentford have willing runners and he knows how to pick them out. He's going to be an absolute handful all season. And I think I don't think he'll wait out and out goal scorer, but I think he'll end up in the top five goal scorers this, this season. Although I hope he doesn't score on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, good shout. Definitely. He he proved to be a handful for for us as well, the, the first game of the season. So I I I think he won't be at Brentford's, you know, beyond this season. Um somebody Not if he scores twenty goals. No, definitely not. Um but but then again you need to look across London to Antonio as well. I I don't think he's been yep. his top goal scorer, but He's consistent in the Premier League and he scores goals. He's shown he can do that. So, uh, another guy who's big and strong and powerful and can torture defences. Uh, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. He's, there was a lot of talk about Tony before he came into the Premier League. He obviously had a great season last year with Brentford. And not that he's kind of scoring the same amount of goals, but his performances have been good. Uh, you know, it's always good to aim high because. You know, players always start somewhere. The, nobody really ever starts at the very top. So he could definitely play for one of the top six clubs in the Premier League in the future. I have no doubt about it. He's he is a bit like a drugba. Um, not the drug that he had drugba scored the same amount of goals as said on Shearer or whatever. Like, but you know, he, he still scored a respectable amount of goals in, in this league. So. He's definitely one to keep an eye on over the next couple of years, and especially this season, he'll, he'll definitely have a, a strong season. And he might, he might score this this weekend, Phil. You know, he might. I, I think it's going to cause Liverpool serious problems. But I think he'll avoid Virgil Van Dijk because I've noticed this with uh, a few Liverpool games that I've seen. The strikers tend to go on to whoever's playing right centre back. Yeah, 
But Virgil's just well, like, no, no, no. Are you going, fella? Lukaku, um, and even though Brenton fired that dig in that we couldn't beat them with 10 men, but we'll get you staff brazen in you, don't worry about it. Um, Lukaku, he moved from Van Dijk because he was getting no change out of him. Uh, pardon me. On to Matip. But then he got no change out of Matip either. Mm-hmm. Um, so which uh, and again, people Matip looks like he'd be weak and he'd be able to push over, but but he he doesn't. He, he thinks so. I I don't know. I I kind of get the th- vibe of uh, Tony that he'll want to stay on Van Dyke and he'll actually relish that, which makes it even better in my eyes. I think it'd be a brilliant game if you can watch that match. Sorry, I think it'd be a really good game. And I, I and I do think Brentford will cause Liverpool problems. I think it'll cause everyone problems, especially at home. So that's interesting. So that would be my mad tip, but the one I think will be top goal scorer. Who do you think I'm going to say? Lukaku. Mohamed Salah. That's who I think will be top goal scorer in Premier League this season. Uh, did you hear that pop? <laughs> it did, yes. That was, yes. was, was Potty's brain. Just <laughs> I'll let Paddy re- uh, return uh, hit far back on, on on Monday night if he's back on the on the podcast. Um, Johnny, we yeah. we we were going to talk about the Feyenoord documentary tonight, folks, but we haven't watched it yet, so we can't. But we're yeah. both really enjoying Feyenoord now. We are. I'm, I'm always looking for the results, and they're playing at the weekend. I'm going to try and get a stream for it, um, especially if we're watching the game together on Saturday night. Um, I I really am intrigued by how they do now. I'm invested in Feyenoord. Yeah, the doc the documentary is great as we we chatted about last week, and it just gives you that little break mentally from your own, yeah. you know, side of Liverpool, Arsenal, whatever. Um, just to look out for these results, and you know, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to when the play Ajax now. You know, that's gonna be it's gonna be yes. kind of decent. Um. But yeah, it's, it's it's a nice story. They're a nice team. They've a nice kit. Um, like I said, they're training complex. Their stadium's just it's just cool. And if they win their game in hand, they're only a point behind Ajax. Which which makes it interesting. And yeah. I know people from the outside looking in, and even us, like we we're not massive, um, you know, no. Dutch league fans, you know, but we've obviously taken a bit of an interest in it now after watching a bit of this documentary. But it it isn't like. You know, Liga when PSG normally run away with it, or you know La Liga where there's only the top three teams. You know, Feyenoord can push Ajax if they want. So it, it will be it'll be interesting to keep an eye on it throughout the season. There all it always is nice. I feel to have a team outside of your own to kind of keep an eye on and see how they get on. And obviously, if people that haven't watched the documentary, but I'll not put any spoilers. But I did do a bit of digging and found out that one of their key players. Moved to Ajax in the summer, <laughs> so yeah. like, you know who I'm talking about, and I just thought that yeah. was very interesting. Yeah. And he's a very good player. He yeah, played he at Watford, Rowan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we move on and finish up talking about Guinness and the Nitro Surge and and, and how that's been, if you're going to review it for us, I isn't being a, a sports fan mental, isn't it? Isn't it why like like. You were saying there, and I, I, I had the exact same thing. It's nice having another team. So if you're, basically what you were saying is what I used to think as well, is when your team's shite, you can ignore them and you can enjoy something else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's being And that obviously I, we, we like a lot of different sports and me and you in particular yeah. like a lot of similar sports and like basketball and stuff as well. Yeah. And 
there's always a headline somewhere with some sport. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, holy Moses. Like, what the hell? Like, one of our listeners, the greatest listener of all time, Rizzo, is is mental, right? So Rizzo has this thing, and I hope he doesn't mind me talking about this, but I'm, I, am, I am so invested in this that it's insane, and I need him to hear this. Rizzo is a Raiders fan, uh, and he's a United fan. So he's like, he's like the, the Craig Alvin Steve. And obviously, Steve has bullied what? me into being a Raiders oh fan. Oh my now. God, that is Steve such has, an insult. Steve, Steve has bullied me into being a Raiders fan now, so now I, I follow Raiders. So Rizzo has this superstition going on. I don't know how long this has been going on, and maybe he'll reply back when he sees it, where he, when United win, the Raiders lose, and when the Raiders win, United lose. And this has been going on for... <laughs> I don't know, for, for as long as I've known Rizzo listening to the podcast, and now I'm fully invested in this superstition. <laughs> so, like, United lost last night, and now I'm thinking, oh, balls, the Raiders are going to lose on Sunday. But then United play before the Raiders play again, so United have another chance to win. So I'm like, oh, last week the Raiders won on Sunday, United could beat on Wednesday night. Like, and I am, like, Johnny, I am fully, fully invested in this superstition. Being a sports fan, is, in my opinion, and people mightn't agree with this, they certainly won't agree with this, and people think this is stupid and it's unhealthy. I think it's the great, one of the greatest things you can ever have in your life. If you can love a team, or an, if you're in an individual sport, an individual sport, and you can invest into them. Do you know what I mean? I think it is the greatest thing you can give yourself. Now, people will have that in TV shows, and films, and art, and culture, and music, and there's no nothing's better than, you know, they're all on the same level. Finding something away from work away from family as much as you love them obviously we all do but having something else where you can throw yourself into like well i was thinking about this i've been thinking about this for a wee while and i want to talk about it and i'm sort of segued around to it um for 90 minutes or whatever you're away you leave everything else behind and you're away and for me now it's very very poignant because obviously you'll know and family members will know my dad is my dad's terminally ill so mm-hmm. He's terminal, uh, but there's no time limit on it, so it could be around for, for for hopefully hopefully a long long time. But we have Liverpool, so for ninety minutes, um, we're away. That's us. We're away into Liverpool, and it's just such a mad thing. And, and that's why I said to you, I'm taking the cup serious. Liverpool, this is how mental my head is. Liverpool now for me have to win every cup going. We have to just keep winning and winning and winning and winning. And then if I'm, because I'm a Raiders fan now, I want the Raiders to win things. Not that that means anything to my dad. He doesn't follow American sports, but the Raiders want to win. When I see Rice, I was saying, balls, United repeat. I'm like, are United, when United won, he's celebrating. I'm, I'm thinking, you savage bastard, Rizzo. The Raiders are going to get beat now. <laughs> isn't that how mental, like, isn't that how mental, that's how mental, maybe that's how mental I am, but that's how mental, sports fans, like, you talk to Monday night about Liverpool fans being the worst. I think sports fans are the worst. I think we're the worst, but we're also the best of people. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's the best thing you can get involved in, but I also think it's the worst as well because you just don't see any sense. Mm. You just you just live in a nonsensical land. Yeah, people don't understand it. Like my lovely fiance who's up the stairs just doesn't get why when Arsenal lose, my mood's just you know, terrible. <laughs> eleven but... eleven fellas or eleven females or here, whatever sport you're into, who you don't know, who you might not ever meet, but you pay money to get their jerseys, you pay money to watch them on TV, or you pay money to go watch them, pardon me, at a stadium, 
can lose a game of football even though they're busting themselves for it and that ruins your afternoon you think you utter bastards you've ruined my Saturday thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is insane like yeah that is insane I mean people will slag you for your team losing like it's you you're the one that has lost like yes. you're the one that has failed yeah I, I sat in the courthouse bar in Lurgan one time a few years ago Arsenal were playing Man City on a Sunday and we got beat 3-1. And like people were coming over me like saying we're an Arsenal fan. We're like, ah, I was like, fuck you, absolute gargoyle, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but like, it's just it's just it's just sports. It's it's part of it, you know. You have to if you give it out, you have to take it. And that's been something I've lived with for a long, long time. I love to give it out. So I understand at times I have to take it. And I do, you know, far enough, hands up if Arsenal is shaped and they are shaped. They have been shaped for a couple of years. I have to take abuse because I give it out for so long to other people. And it's it's part of being a fan of sport. And I suppose with, with Rizzo saying, ah, oh, fuck, you know, United fucking losing or whatever, United winning. If United win, it's a fucking double whammy for you because fuck United for a start and the Raiders are going to lose then. So <laughs> Rizzo is a selfish bastard. Fucker. He is such a selfish bastard. Yeah, I don't even know why he listens to us, to be quite honest. Like, but you, um, please listen to us, right? So don't leave. Yeah, um, do not. But, never leave us. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's we are we are fickle. Um, and I I listened actually to a podcast recently where they chatted about how fans in the stadium are different to fans online. Obviously, the topic was Arsenal, because in the stadium, <laughs> the fans were all behind the team and cheering them on and yes but then when you go online there's just such a difference of you know a vibe people are like fucking black as that's fucking shit or bombing shit or fucking you know just hating the world and to a degree yeah there is there is a bit of a difference because when you're in the ground you're cheering on the fan or the players you're just so fucking immersed in what's going on and you're caught up in the atmosphere whereas when you're sitting at home on twitter and you're just like Fuck's sake, Bami, I missed, or whatever. There, there, there is a bit of difference, you know, so I, I can understand that argument. But sports is just, it's great. I mean, people that don't like sports, I've always said I don't understand them. But like you said, you pointed out, people are into music and going to watch live bands. Like, Teresa and her brother are just so into watching live bands. And live bands, like bands I've never heard of. You know, they're going to the Ulster Sports Bar, in Belfast to watch and if you've ever been there you know like it's not a big place but they're going there to watch a band um, in a couple of months and I just like used to are fucking nuts <laughs> you know like what are you going up there to watch this band for but they just love music and love live bands and love the whole atmosphere and the feel about it so that, that that's their passion and that's what they're into but we're into sports and football and yeah, like failure into my god like basketball baseball NFL, like I just, I would watch the Super Bowl, but I just can't watch NFL. I just, I just can't get into it. I just can't. I know you and Steve love, but I just, no, it's not for me. It's just not for me. But you know, you guys love it, and you're interested in it. And you and Steve obviously used to do a podcast about NFL. Uh, what was that called? The Bobble Screen. So, so what it was. Says Phil. Phil just left me. Phil. I'm here, sir. I'm here, sir. Oh, oh, I was, um, I was wondering what, no, what I was listening. I was, I was listening to you. 
Um, I I've just been obsessed with sports from like my parents will tell you from when I was born. Basically, there's just something about sports. I'll I'll sit down. In fact, Sarah has for the our for my for our first Father's Day, Sarah. Got a book made as if Finn had wrote it. Now Finn will tell you himself now that he wrote it, even though I know he didn't. Um, but Finn and and I read it to him, and 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 Sarah will never listen to this, and I don't think anyone will tell her. Brenton might, but I always make sure to read that book every night because it's my favorite when I'm doing Finn's bedtime, uh, mm. and he loves it too. And at the end of it, it says, "Daddy, uh, and Daddy will get ready to put me to bed, but before that, he watches any sport he can on TV." <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally watched I'd watch two flies race up a wall. I literally watch any sport that I can. I'm, I'm just intrigued by it, but I'm intrigued by it because it's it's like a it's it's humans going. They're doing something and it's, they're competing against each other. And there's like a sports not a scripted drama, but I still love scripted dramas. But sports not a scripted drama. Sports like you don't know what's going to happen, and there's always that excitement. What's going to happen next? Now sometimes stuff's inevitable uh, when you're being managed by Roy Hodgson, but you, you know you just look at it and you think what's going to happen here next. So that's why, yeah, I, as you said, I, I'm, I'm probably into too many sports, but there is a release too. And I'm like you, I I feel sorry, and not in a condescending way, but I feel sorry for people that aren't into sports and don't get the release that we get, um, mm-hmm. or unless you're me, absolute mani- mental. Um, superstitions and like me thinking now this is and this people people will be listening to this possibly that are maybe trained in uh, and like in psychiatry or whatever and think I I, I think I need to speak to Philip <laughs> but like in my head now Liverpool have to win every cup for my dad mm-hmm. which which is just not like that that isn't healthy but in my head it's healthy because it's I'm like no they do do you know what I mean? Which is just not, and it's not, they're not going to do that. I mean, if they do do that, you three are in big trouble, but they're not going to do that. But yeah. you know, in my head, that's like, they have to do it, which is like, which is absolutely insane thing, way to think, but it's a, it's a, it's a comfort for me. You know, that kind of way, it's, it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a daft um, scenario, but yeah, sport, sport is just, that's why we do this podcast, like, because it's therapy, it's a release, we love it, but um, yeah. yes. We, um, well, we well did. last we night can't... I actually I actually purchased tickets to go and watch Ulster again. Ulster rugby. Yes. Uh, Tomorrow night? I'll be... No, no, it's actually on the 15th of October. And they're playing nice. the Emirates Lions. But obviously you you were lucky enough to be able to go watch a couple of Ulster games you know, yep. during the restrictions. And I'm actually really excited. Like me and my mate are going and just booking a half day of work. Going to go down to Belfast early, have a few pints, have a fee. Yep. And then head over to the stadium and just watch some rugby. And I mean it's live sport. It's live sport. Yeah. It's just it's just gonna it. be great to be back in in a ground again with fans and like especially the Ulster this year have a great team and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Like if for anyone that maybe is in Ulster rugby, maybe is not aware like tonight on BBC two at ten o'clock, Rory Best and Tommy Bow are actually have a new Ulster rugby show starting. So yeah. I mean if you're interested, it's probably going to be a good watch. But like, I'm, I'm just excited to go back and drink beer in the stands and watch rugby and fucking give off stink. You know, it's going to be, I just can't wait. The last, the last Austria game I that's, was at, you and Brenton were there. That's right. Um, that was against Saracens. Um, Johnny, 
I'm gonna. I am hopefully gonna sample this at the weekend with your good self, and we'll have photographic evidence for the battle. Mm-hmm. You bought yourself some Guinness. Good. You got yourself some nitro surge cans. And now you have the surger. Please review and discuss how your evenings have been. Uh, <laughs> well, Teresa has been thinking and turned into a bit of an alcoholic. <laughs> but I start a new job next week. Um, you did. I'm finishing my current job this week. And to be honest, I'm kind of on the wind down. So I am having a few drinks in the evening. Only a few, not a lot. <laughs> I'm having a few <laughs> drinks at tea break. Only a few. <laughs> yeah, so I I got my hands on one of the Guinness Nitro Surge kits. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, it's basically it's a wee tiny device you put on top of the Guinness cans. Now, it's not the ordinary Guinness cans. They're specifically made surgery cans. Um, and it pours what they say is like a pint from the pub. Um, it's £22, €25, euro, and they're selling out pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's been guys that have messaged me about it because I put it up on Instagram last night or the night before, and they're asked where I got it from, and I know Guinness have sold out. Apparently, they're not getting any back in stock until the earliest, the end of next month. A lot of wine marks, Tesco and stuff, you go to Tesco, the customer service desk, and ask, apparently they have them behind there. So if anyone's interested, that's, that's where you get them. But... I have had a few pints of it, and I have to say I'm pretty impressed. I mean, the head on the Guinness is just redonkulous. I mean, it's proper creamy shit. Like, <laughs> it's just sitting up over the edge of the glass, and you're like, my God, I could just stick my head right into that glass if I could. Um, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty nice. Just- and I would highly recommend anyone that, that likes Guinness, um, potentially a bit like myself, you know, I'm getting married next year, so I won't be able to go out as much as what I probably have in the past. So just to save yourself a bit of money, if you want to sit in the house and have a couple of pints of Guinness, it's definitely worth the money. It's fantastic. You can get your hands on it. Um, it's been a bit tricky, to be honest, Phil, to get the technique of the poor right. Um, so forgive me at the weekend if it's not perfection i am getting there it will take a bit of practice but it's, it's i won't judge you yeah it's, it's just it's just great um completely different from what you've got from normal cans in the past normally you get a bit of bubbles and all that they're sort of crap and it doesn't even fill the full pint glass but this is proper good shit and fairly enjoyable so guinness nitro surge i would give an 8.5 out of 10 i think it's oh, top top drawer so I think get I'm out there and find it. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah, myself and the big dog had a Guinness Zero Zero on Saturday. Oh, what yes. do you think? Um, I think he thought it was possibly a wee bit too heavy. We were about to eat an unbelievable meal to be fair to him. Um, ah. whereas uh, you know, a, a more established paint man, Michelle, even though I am in semi-retirement, um. I, I enjoyed it. Now it was there was definitely a different aftertaste than there would be off um mm-hmm. uh alcoholic Guinness. Uh yep. but um well, it was still enjoyable. I still like if I was out for a night out and I got served that, there'd be no issues, so it wouldn't be wouldn't bother me. Well you can notice a slight different in taste, but it's not a bad thing or, or a better thing. It's just a little bit different. But I I, I am looking forward to a, a creamy pint, sir. Um, of the black stuff on on at the weekend there at, at your casa, so that that'll be good. And I said we'll, we'll do a 
We'll do a photo shoot for the Babel. I'm sure Brenton will be overjoyed to hear this. Um, and we'll get some <laughs> photos up. But I think that'll that'll do us for this week's Thursday Night Babel. I managed to get yes. through it, Johnny. I almost didn't make it, but I, I soldiered on. I got the painkiller injection of honey and lemon um, and a bean burger. And, I'm, and I soldiered on. And there you are. We got through it. Yeah, the, the fans were a bit nervous there before the lineup came out. Um, yeah. When the scene you were starting up front, they were delighted. delighted. Yeah, it's it's one of those big European nights, isn't it? And you're just looking at the team and you're you get you get to the ground or you'd be in the taxi going up to the ground and you'd hear rumours and the taxi man would be telling you he's not playing. I saw him coming out of the hospital there on at lunchtime and thinking, Oh balls, he's not gonna be playing, we're gonna get but then here I am, I arrived. El Capitano is back. He's back. <laughs> Um, can't believe I said that about myself, Johnny. Uh, everyone knows the Patreon link. Well, you're gonna do it in two seconds. But if you don't know, and this is the first time you're listening to us, please subscribe wherever you listen to us on your podcast. I use Spotify for Magna, and it works a treat. And um, get us on all your podcast apps. Get us on social media as well at Instagram and Twitter. Brent does an amazing job on those. For a start, he can spell and I can't, which is a bonus. Um, just look for the football babble. You'll find us there. Uh, Johnny, the Patreon link, please, sir. Patreon.com forward slash football babble. Boom. Enjoy your weekend of football, folks. We'll see you again on Monday night. Stay safe. I'll chat to you again. Good luck.